sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Good Motherhood with Ailey Wells, Lauren Carr and Ash Reid. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Good Motherhood. Hello Ash. Hello. Hello Lauren. Hello. Lauren's just having a wee fit of the giggles there, you alright? <laughs> fine. Um, so we're going to do an episode all about the Hi documentary. Um, I think a lot of people have been speaking about this. Ash, you look confused. Hi. That's Hi. what it's called. Hi. It's as an H-I-G-H. Ah. Yeah, it's called Hi. Um, just because a lot of people have been talking about it on social media, I watched it, you guys have watched it and we've been talking about it. So, And it actually came up a few times that some people had requested this as an episode. Yeah, yeah. which is so strange because we were planning and doing that, weren't yeah. we? So, so, right, so see that programme, sorry, is it just, is this going to be like a, a thing that's going to continue? No, no, it's just like a five. They just part. didn't want to call it the Puritu. Yeah, Puritu. which if yeah. you've not watched it, that's what it's about. Yeah, so it's about Michaela McCollum. <laughs> I have watched it. No, I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying for anybody Bormcure, listening that's Bormcure not... Bormcure made me feel as if I hadn't done my homework. <laughs> I have watched it. I know, I have watched it. So oh, it's about in. the Purutu from Michaela's point of view. Um, so Michaela is the Irish one, Michaela McCollum, and she... The one with the bun. The one with the bun and the leather jacket. <laughs> um, it's basically her side of the story from the very start all the way through to her getting out of jail, how she got out of jail and all of that. Which I, th- I am so glad that she did that documentary because I've been waiting for it. Actually, Imagine I remember at the never. time... I remember at the time thinking, I can't wait till they do it. Like banged up, is it banged up abroad? It's called. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to know all the details. Like I want to know what's going on here. I know because you only know what you've been told. Uh huh. And, and it always be from a, a press point of view. Yeah. So I remember hearing about it whenever whenever the story first started, which from my point of view was Michaela was missing, and there was like her picture all over social media, like this mm-hmm. girl was about missing from Ibiza. She's not been seen. I think she was 19, wasn't she? Yeah, but I don't remember seeing any of that. Oh, I remember. And then the next morning it was like, they've been found and it was the front page. Oh no, in fact, it was the night before it was in the papers. So it was just kind of like breaking on social media. And there was that photo of the two of them, like... Standing with their cases in front of them. Yeah, that like iconic picture. Uh Uh-huh. And then one of them was from Glasgow and she was from Ireland. And I was just like, I cannot believe... This is happening. Me I just thought there's more to it. Instantly I went, there is more to that. There's no way two young girls have knowingly went to smuggle like £1.5 million worth of cocaine. Did they though? What do you mean? Knowingly? Well, this is the thing. Right, so let's get into it. So first of all, Michaela went to, this is I think a really big thing, a big like, what's the word? Factor. Um, factor, right, is the fact that she'd never ever left Ireland, right? And then she went to Ibiza first holiday she went alone one way ticket which i think is nuts in itself uh-huh. yeah i'm gonna go somewhere on my own with no pals to work to work and hopefully just like connect with people i think that in itself is quite i don't know it's such a vulnerable position for her to be in and also speaks volumes about how as a person she would have been so willing and wanting to make friends yep right from the get-go well, she met her first friend on the flight because mm-hmm. that's where she went out. So she said in the documentary, she literally went to the apartment, dumped her bags and then went straight out. And it, that was obviously before they'd said this. And I literally was sitting going, who has she went out with? Like, surely she's not going to walk about Ibiza by herself down this main street yeah. drinking by herself. But she'd met that girl on 
the plane and then made another friendship with that girl and Patty. Was it Patty or was yeah. it? Yeah, no? I don't. I had never heard that name. I don't know if that's. It what was she, Patty. She was in the P. The one that was actually in the documentary. Uh huh. Yeah, the one that we all recognise from somewhere. And don't I know, know she's she got a very familiar face. Uh huh. With dark hair. Um, but yeah, they met, they went out basically and just partied for a good few months, didn't they? Yeah. Partied, took drugs, worked on and off probably like was she like selling shots or something yeah uh, working in a bar or whatever and just like living that what what would you call it worker lifestyle where they just drink constantly go to work and then stay up all night all that sort of stuff see the other thing with that that obviously you got all these wee insider snippets as well about how she became so accustomed to all that kind of lifestyle being okay Mm-hmm. And obviously she's chosen to go and take drugs, right? No one can turn around and go, but she was forced to take drugs. She never, she chose to do it. She wanted to have that party, summer or whatever season, whatever they call it. And the way she said that like, you would take down people's drug orders with yeah. their drinks. I was like, no way is that how available it is. You literally go up and get like, I don't know, 10 Jaeger bombs and don't know, two bags of cocaine. <laughs> like, yeah. This is the thing is though, that? that- instantly would have like altered her perception of reality at that point yeah of course like she's away from her family she's in a different country you're literally can buy drugs in a bar and everyone's doing it and everyone's everyone's doing it so instantly like she's not on the same level as we would have been in scotland's like in normal life where people are going to work and all that like it's just different she would have been in a totally different headspace and then she get in with the drug dealers who i think would have 100% 100% seen her as like a what's the word easy target easy target yeah she's an easy target she probably would have been like eager to please mm-hmm. the thing is as well from what I gathered with that part of the, the documentary she said that there was a kind of slightly romantic involvement mm-hmm. with that guy they were calling Matthew, Matthew. No, Ma- no 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 do you have your notes Chris no fuck Matthew's the second guy it was Davey. the first. It was the boy that she met in Ibiza, and she was spending a lot of time with him. And her friend was like, "I don't know what she sees in him. Yeah. He always was sober. Everyone knew that he was a connect that would give them some drugs or whatever. But he never ever got drunk. He was always sober. And I think from what I gathered, she had a bit of a soft spot for him, and maybe thought that that was like a wee yeah, cause romance. She, yeah, because so, she described him as a tall, dark, tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, and they would go to the beach and like do things that wasn't involving drink and drugs and partying and stuff like that. Which would have felt a bit like a boyfriend, Uh was it not? Am I I looking into that too much? Because I would see that, see if there's a guy I'm spending time with, if I'm single, there's a guy I'm spending time with who's handsome and I'm attracted to and we do normal things that don't involve us getting pure wasted, then it's just the two of us and no one else is there. I would think that's like more of a relationship type thing. But then is he just... you're kissing and stuff. Well, maybe she was interested though. But do you not think that that's that's just his role in the whole situation? He probably does it to every girl. Well, it turns out that's exactly what he did do to the other, other one involved. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's just basically like the recruiter going in as the good looking guy. But get but a bait. Aha, uh-huh, so get, getting girls involved with him and then he then leads them on to the next step and they just know exactly how to do it. It's like a full grooming setup. I see it as being like, find the drunk girl who's willing to take drugs and who's, is like really open to everything and then hook her in with the good looking guy and then slowly get her into our world. And then like the way they did it as well, when she actually, when they asked her to smuggle these drugs, right? The way they, they asked her when she's on acid, right? Absolutely out her face. 
and she agreed to do it. They offered her five grand, which is Did they nothing. not say, do you want to come on a trip with me? And then he put asses on her tongue. That was literally the exact way she described it. And she thought that that meant go on a trip as in like get trippy with the acid that they'd just given her. No, she knew that she was going to Barcelona. Initially, yeah. she did. Initially, she thought he meant go on a trip as in it was like what she was oh, taking. Right, yeah. And then she soon realised that that's not what he was talking about. Yeah. Because I think that was the part that I was like, whoa. So she just get given drugs and then asked straight away. I don't know. But she told that girl in the toilet, didn't she? That she's go- she was like, um, he's asked me to do this and I'm going to do it. And the girl was like, you're mental. Yeah, don't she do said that. she was so focused on the money. That was the only part of it that really seemed to drive her. It was the fact she said as well, this will get me a house. I think that just shows you how naive she's like I just kept thinking I could get a house and I could pay for things for me to be here for the rest of my trip and all that that just shows me how much she doesn't realise at 19 that that five grand would not get her half as much as what she she envisioned that she would have she would have been skint as well as like a seasonal worker Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have had a lot of money at all so even dangling five grand in front of her but just the fact that they asked her when she was on drugs they then wait. They basically like moved her straight away. She was still out of it when she's on her way to this place. And then by the time she sobered up, she's already there. And she's already in that position of like, oh, if I say anything now, then that's me backing out. And she just got deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. I don't know. I've always felt really sorry. No, it's hard to say feel sorry for them, but I feel like I can see where it went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, personally, I don't feel sorry for her at all. I think that obviously we'll get into more of it. I think she's really, I think she's incredible and I think she's very inspirational, but I don't feel sorry for her at all because, like, I don't know, have you done the wild girls' holiday? Not really. I've went on holiday with my friends, but it wasn't wild. So I went on holiday, went to Magaluf with the girls. At the age that we went away, I would say that it was enjoyable. Like, it was really good. We were out... Not taking drugs, like, I'm just not into that. Drinking a lot until mental hours of the morning, I would never have done that. And I can only compare it to myself. I just think she, if she can take the, that she's going to take drugs, then it's all on her. That's your responsibility. Personally, she can hold herself responsible for what she did, right? But my problem is there are people who are putting these girls in the position where they're forced to make poor judgment calls. Uh So from my point of view, I'm angry at the people who set this up in the first place. She didn't go, right, let's the two of us, without any other involvement, let's the two of us try and source some drugs from Peru and we'll bring them over. Mm -hmm. There's a whole network of people and that's where my problem lies because I go, that could be my daughter. That could literally be my daughter when she's in her first, like, I don't know if she wants to go and work abroad, that would be my worst fear that she would get into a crowd like that because I can see how easily manipulative it could be. Like she'd said, she was in these houses. Everyone in the bars that they were working in knew who the drug dealers were. No one was shying away from it. No one was like keeping it secretive. It was basically you're ordering drugs with your drinks. It was all very much like this is the Ibiza lifestyle, right? And then when she was told, just do this for me, whatever, just bring the money. We'll, we'll give you money if you bring the drugs over. At that point, when she was told that everybody would know because they all work for them, I think that she would have thought, oh, well, I'll just get away with it. And I'm in too deep now and these are my friends and they trust me. They also made a big deal of this. Sorry, that's the wrong way to put that. They also made a point of emphasising to her, this isn't a big deal. 
Yeah. Like this, it, yeah. loads of people do this. You're literally just going to pick up a package. This happens it's, all the time. Everyone's paid. It's not like everyone's in on it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And you just get five grand at the end of it. So you just think if everyone's telling her that. Yeah. And everyone seems to be in on it when she's out at the clubs because they're all selling it and all that as well. You can see why she'd be like, maybe she'd be like, this is, maybe this is just normal. And, she's and never I, left Ireland. She's yeah. just like totally and I, and, I, to and I get that and I, and I totally appreciate it. But I just think it's it's your own responsibility as to what you do. And other people can't be blamed for that. Like she was 20, like, because it was her birthday just before they left on their big wild adventure. <laughs> yeah. And... I just think at twenty, I had a baby. Yeah, and but I just then that's made it you. Up. That's made you. You've been in a totally different position to her, so you've had to mature, and like have your head screwed on. She's been on drugs, which would have messed with her head anyway. With no but did family around the drugs, her. Uh-huh. Did people force the drugs down? No, her neck? but then I, I don't know. I just think right, fair enough. She's totally in the wrong to take the drugs in the first place, right? And she's responsible for decisions decisions that she makes after it. But I, I do still have that thing of. Would she have been in that situation if she hadn't have been in drug on drugs? And did that wrong decision making, sorry, did making that wrong decision to take the drugs warrant the like knock on effect that it had? But it's just a, it's the everyday thing of when you take them, you're vulnerable, and then you leave yourself open. I do I do not agree with what happened at all. I do think that she was kind of between a rock and a hard place as to what she could do. But I just think when you go away to these countries. And you are, you know, you're in amongst different languages, different way of living. Like, you are your own responsibility. That there's nobody else there that is there to look after you. You have to make sure that what you're doing is right. You have to make sure that you're being safe. And but then that's a lesson you learn, isn't it? Like, you go on your first holiday. Is there not? Have you not got things from when you were eighteen, nineteen, where you go, "Oh my god, I can't." Like, this is something that I did, and I look back and go, "Oh my god, that was so dangerous." Like, that could have been so much worse. Like, there's yeah. loads I can think of that I can go, oh my God, like, I was really putting myself... older people. Uh-huh, I, I, I was that. really putting myself in danger then. Like, that could have went so bad and the only reason it didn't is luck. But yeah. then it goes wrong for somebody else. I never, I never smuggled drugs. <laughs> Just to <laughs> clarify, it was never <laughs> on that level. But you can still go, oh my God, that could have went really, really wrong. Yeah. But I think at the same time, like as much as obviously I'm saying I don't feel so, I think that she's taken accountability for the fact that she's done this and she's held her hands up and you know she's she's been so honest in this documentary. I just don't think that it would be fair to say, oh, a hundred percent feel sorry for her because she had nothing to do with this. She did. She was a massive part. Yeah, of it. I don't think she's she's like void of any blame. She definitely like something had to happen to her, but I don't know what. What do you think she should have had? Like, do you think it was a fair? Um, punishment that she got um, I, I do in the respect that I think that they obviously wanted to make an example mm-hmm. I think that it's so hard because I don't want obviously we're going to ruin it if you've not watched it I think that it's probably shaped her so well like yeah. she yeah. is bloody what is the word she is feisty like she was not given up without a fight mm-hmm. she did everything by herself yeah I, th- I think it's you do the crime, you do the time, like yeah. it's... It just annoys me though because you know that like they are such small fries in these whole operations, right? And you yeah. watch the programmes and telly which aren't really too far removed from the truth, right, of what actually goes on and all these high hygiens at the very top will never get touched. Oh, it's always yeah. the, the people at the very bottom who are ill-experienced or whatever or 
caught vulnerable. in the vulnerable or only poor. doing it because they're poor or like it's literally because they are either being forced into a position or they're being bribed or whatever they're the ones that are always going to get their fingers burnt but yeah. then the people that benefit and profit from that will never get touched and that makes me angry because I'm like there's two wee girls basically right because that's what they are literally 10 years younger than us than now made a, a pure massive error in judgment especially you can only really talk from Michaela because she told her story right but I was looking at it going that could have been me 100 mm-hmm. I was never into that kind of party scene and all that but you can see how easily you if you're immersed and that's your world and people are doing it and it's so normalized and people are like that as you and say you're gullible and you believe yep. them when they say that this isn't a big deal everyone and you've does come this. on your own and these friends who are not your friends have now basically become like your family and you can't let anyone down because you're that girl they can rely on i can see how they've totally manipulated her emotionally and in, in every way possible and she's fallen from it and by the time that she's realized this is the wrong move and i honestly do think you can see it and even if she tells the story she's like that i'm not doing this why am i doing this mm-hmm. and backing out and she's been told and prompted on text and don't right. back out now and you know that everyone knows what you are doing and everyone's watching you yeah the paranoia she would have had and the judgment she would have made was i either need to just go along with this and hope to god that they're telling the truth but i won't get caught or they're going to probably try and hurt me in some uh-huh. way. So if you're faced with that decision, of course you're going to go ahead with it. Exactly. <laughs> someone has said that when I spoke about it in my stories the day after I watched it and someone said she had so many opportunities to back out. But the way I'm looking at it is when she got to that first apartment, at that point they were also saying this isn't a big deal, it's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. She's felt awkward, but she's not at the stage where she actually is doing it yet. So she's just yeah. like, oh, right, okay, just agreeing with things. And then by the time she's actually doing anything... She's on a plane. By the time she knows what she's actually doing, she's on a plane. Well, before she got on the second plane to take her even further, that was when they were in the big villa and they found the stash of guns yeah, and everything like exactly. that. Like, so then she's got the fear. It's, it's hard. That's like being in a movie, isn't it? Uh-huh. Can you imagine? Can you actually imagine being on your own? No family around you. Your phone's been removed from you. Mm-hmm. You've got no way of contacting anyone. And they've told you, because you're probably paras anything because you've been in drugs for the last few months, mm-hmm. right? Because she has been, she yeah. said that herself, she's been in or ecstasy, acid, 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 MDMA, everything. Wait, MDMA, ecstasy. I think it's a mm-hmm. version, of, no idea. And she's taken coke. Like her paranoia level would have been through the yeah. roof at the best of times, never mind having taken a cocktail of drugs for months beforehand. So like that, if she's been told, everybody around you, don't worry because everyone's on your side because everyone knows what you're doing. See, passing a police officer, I don't know about you, a police car can be behind my car and I get instantly that pure gut feeling of, what have I done wrong? Can you imagine being her going, they all know that I'm here for a reason because I stick out like a sore thumb. Yep. Right? I mean, let's face it, the bun wasn't exactly the most, you know, (laughs) incognito (laughs) way to go, Right? So she sticks out anyway. She knows that, or she thinks everyone around her knows what she's doing. I think you had no other option at that point than to just do it. It's the fact she said that when she was on the plane, she looked at the the little sky scanner thing where you can see where your flight mm-hmm. is. And it said twelve hours, ten minutes, or something like that until you reach your destination. She was going, "Where the hell am I going? So yeah. I'm going to the jungle. She I'm thought, going to the jungle. I'm literally going to get." But is that not the part of it where you, then you go like, "Oh, a little bit of my empathy for her is removed because." That is just so naive. Yeah, but that's not like... You're telling me if you've got a a smartphone, (laughs) a smartphone, you're not going to go where is Lima. But is that not just back up the fact that she was... No, but she got given another one. A burner, wasn't it, a smartphone? 
does that not just like solidify the fact that she was really for want of a better word stupid and naive to like that just shows how vulnerable she was I think so and And then at that point I felt stupid not realising I just I feel like I have seen like bits of her personality right I've seen in people before and it's people that are totally harmless but I can look at what's happened to her and then look at those people and go, oh, I could imagine you getting in that situation. People pleasing. Uh-huh. Yeah. People pleasing and just being too, I've had that myself, being too, like, not shy, polite. but too polite slash awkward to say, by the way, I don't want to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can think back to when I was, like, really young and not mature enough yet and being like that, again, never smuggled drugs, but I can see it. I can imagine the feeling of her being like, I went out of this situation, but... I don't want to speak up and say it. I can't exactly then, phone my mum and dad because they're not here. <laughs> yeah, and before she knows it, she's in Peru and she's got told everybody's watching her. She can't back out. And see, at that point, right, that, see that person that had said um, she, she had so many chances she could have told the airport staff, she thought that they were in on it. Yeah. yeah. So her only option at that, that point was grass herself in and definitely go to jail or take the chance that what they've said is true and that she could potentially get to just go home and put it behind her. So she's just been like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And what they're saying as well, when you speak to like, or not speak, you hear the authorities talking about it. They say that what they've done sometimes is they use these people as like scapegoats. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like front and centre, like they'll know that those ones are the ones that are smuggling drugs in. But actually all they're doing is being the decoy for the bigger shipment. Mm-hmm. So what did they have in their bags? Was it 11 kilo uh-huh. of cocaine? 1.5 million pounds worth. Of cocaine. Uh-huh. But there would have been more Getting that's that a, a massive amount of drugs for somebody to be carrying through an airport. But, but that lawyer said, like, that's, that's nothing. nothing. Small fish. Yeah. Is that the right phrase? Small fish in a big pond or whatever. Yeah. Like, they basically will make a deal with the airport staff that we will give you this amount and you can look really good and really good at your job or whatever because you've caught these drug smuggles, smugglers as long as you let all the like the the real guys get through with yeah, the money because mm-hmm. the corruption's crazy like mm-hmm. we are so spoiled with all that kind of stuff really when you think of it that there's not there's more like i don't know there's better processes in place here and we are much safer mm-hmm. really i know things aren't perfect right but when you actually think that there's people who are really working in hand in hand like that uh-huh. with authorities and just what was it we were talking about recently it was something about how, oh yeah, do you know that most, I don't know if this is for everybody, so please don't at me, but do you know that apparently there are Spanish police officers that do their siesta and will go out for the afternoon, have like lunch as a force, drink, like get a bit drunk, have their food, take a chill for a couple of hours and then go back out and drive like 70 mile an hour in the motorway. Oh God. Like having had a drink. Yeah. Like we can't do that here. Like, no. that's okay and that's They're normal. not allowed to do that there, though, either, eh? Well, they're allowed to have a drink, but they're not allowed to, like, get drunk. But they're allowed yeah. to have, like, one glass of wine or whatever. But they'll get drunk. They'll have, like, three, four glasses of wine, just like a bottle, and then go and drive. But Whereas that stuff just doesn't happen. Could you ever imagine, like, that happening here? Yeah. So it's a, it's a different world, isn't it? So I can see how she can think, right, the, the ways of the world here are so far removed from what I'm used to. So it doesn't strike me as something pure out of the ordinary for them to be in cahoots with them. Uh-huh. And she's, so many people have told her that. And they say, people do this every day. It's not a big deal. And she's just like, all right, I'm just going to have to get it over and done with yeah. at this point. And the scary thing is that people do do it every day. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, that... I know. So what do you think would have been a good punishment? So she, in the end, she got 15... No, sorry. They threatened her with 15 years if she never told them 
everything basically uh-huh. grass everybody in and then she eventually told them what she knew i think from what she said i don't think she told them everything i think she told them like she told them about dating time about an apartment that they had been at and it was obviously just to clarify that they were there and yeah. that's where something was and she took a plea deal and that's how she ended up with six years eight months yeah which right. is so long when you think about it why like, do we not know enough about what happened to the guys that orchestrated this whole thing well, they, 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 they never caught them, them. They never got caught. The, what? The guy so they have, they have never been caught. No, yeah. must have fallen asleep at that part. Classic <laughs> me. They have never been caught. Yeah. So no one knows who. Are they made well, up names? If they made up names for like these people, I don't think so. They I never think. said at the start of it that names had been made up, but like that, have they made up names to the girls? Yeah, they probably wouldn't have given them the real name. No, they definitely wouldn't have, would they? No, there's no way they would give them their real names. Or they given them like a stupid nickname or something. But you also don't know if the police or the airport, like, you don't know if all of them were in on it and they didn't, like, purposely didn't find the guys that were doing it because they knew oh, all along. Right, you just okay. never know. But anyway, they went to jail, which sounds absolutely horrific. And apparently there's a lot more detail about it in her book because she's got that book. It was originally called You'll Never See Daylight Again, but it's now been changed to high to match the documentary and it's got, like, loads of information, apparently. Wow. The, oh, the, the jail stuff. thing would scare me to Absolutely. the absolute nth degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, my stomach literally flips. Yeah. I have a fear of that. That's a recurring nightmare I have is me, like... <laughs> it's happened twice recently. <laughs> it's me doing... And after I watched that documentary, actually, that was the last time it happened, I watched that documentary and then had a, a dream that I was in the Peruvian jail. It's when you Horrific. see their jail, though, compared to ours and you just think... Oh my god! And the so the translator who obviously the language barrier as well for the girls must have been awful because you heard some footage of the girls trying to say that they were basically forced into it, and the first translator that they had, she did not have a clue what they were saying. Yeah. What a Glaswegian and a and a Irish accent. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean the hardest too probably. Yeah. And this second one that came in who was American. I really wish I'd written down her name now because I can't, oh, I can't remember. remember. She was nice though. She was lovely and turned out to play a big massive part. She took the girls water and food and everything like that because the jail was just awful. I mean, it's just that thing if you think of like cold concrete floors, dust cockroaches. everywhere. Cockroaches. Oh my God, see when she was yeah. talking about the cockroaches and how she could hear their wee legs. Oh, there's nothing worse. Do you know what they're like when you go on holiday anyway and you, you see them scurrying about? But can you imagine knowing they are like underneath your bed? No. There's actually nothing worse or even just knowing that you're in a jail with people who like you're not safe you don't know who you're in with and she knew that she had had to grass on people to get in there yeah. you don't know who's like out for you when you're in the jail and you don't think the guards probably aren't keeping you safe no it's like sons of anarchy isn't it you don't know who oh, you can trust it's so scary see the thought but, of that it's actually terrifying yeah. I cannot see my whole body line she's uh-huh. I'm like <laughs> oh my god torture but she Dear. did say that so many of the women that were in there were in for the exact same reason that she was. Oh, really? That's yeah, but nuts, their reason it? was desperation. So she ended up becoming really close with the another woman in her, what would you call it, cell block kind of idea. And that's exactly what she was in for. And the woman said that she, she was desperate for money. She wanted away from her partner. She had kids. And that was the only way that she could see out of... A quick way. Yeah, and isn't it crazy how preying on women who are in a point of desperation mm-hmm. the and women in a point of desperation are thinking that's my only option. Yeah. It's so sad, it's isn't it? It's the thing, like they, they just, they know the vulnerable target. There's probably different 
versions of it. It could be like the mum that wants to feed their child or yeah. it could be like the young naive girl that wants to spend more time in Ibiza What's party the and you five grand. Yeah. Did you notice the bit where they had that drug dealer that was like blacked out, you couldn't see his face mm-hmm. and he said how he'd been offered 150 grand yeah. to do it. And, and he, spoke he, his dad. he spoke to his dad, weird. Um, and he was like, no, it's not worth it. Maybe if, I'm, if it's a million. A million. And then you hear that she got offered five grand and you think they were absolutely taking the piss. Well, of you course they were. When they told the friend, um, like Michaela's friend that was doing the interview and they said about it being five grand and you've seen her face drop. Uh-huh. And she said, I th- no, I thought it was more than that. Like, yeah. so, you know, and I don't know if it's just because we're like, you're realistic and you think five grand for a house, not a chance. It's getting you a couch. I yeah. know. That's getting Literally. you a couch. It's so scary. Five grand for all that risk. I know. And for all that time travelling about. And even the way they did it, right, I honestly think there's more to it. See the way that they made them be like tourists and pretend and go on big long bus journeys and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And like literally hanging off the cliff on a tour coach Uh and all that. I think there's something in that that was meant to mentally drain them. I could be looking into it too much, right? But to make them spend all that time on a coach and like do all the touristy things... I think there's something in that that just totally playing them. Yeah, it's very weird, isn't it? You can just imagine them laughing, like uh-huh. absolutely taking the piss. Well, they did the text saying, why are we doing this? Why are we on a stupid bus? But then a part of then like going on the other side is thinking, are the, is the, are the drug dealers doing this in the, in the way of going, well, I'm going to give the girls a really good time and they're going to obey absolutely everything that we do. We'll take them and let them see all these like really cool bits and stuff. And it was just to give them a backstory because what she had said was that she was told that when they were in the airport, they were supposed to be looking through their photographs that they'd been taking. Yeah. He said, take loads of photos, be looking through them, laughing, smiling, like reminiscing on your time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that. And she did say that they stood there and you you think, God, you would probably be standing like a rabbit caught in headlights going, yeah. my case is going through here, which FYI, the drugs were in Hartley's jelly bags and Quaker oats, like the most British things uh-huh. that you that could get that she's taken home from Peru. Like, it kind on, of contradicts us with that, like them saying you should be looking through your photos. It almost sounds like they don't want it to get, it almost sounds like the guys in charge don't want them to get caught at that point. So that kind of that is that contradicts the whole thing of they want them to get caught to let the other thing pass. Do you know also, what I mean? Also, who the hell's got the actual hand space to be looking through photos in the airport with all their documents I know. ever. That's so stressful. I know. It's mad, isn't the, it? And it's... even the fact that they put them in Quaker Oats, you do have to think, how professional were these guys? Yeah. See, the other like, thing with that, there's no way, the, the sniffer dog didn't smell the, the drugs. They were under surveillance. Yeah. There's no way you're telling me there's nothing to do with the fact that they were missing persons. All they would have done is, these girls are missing, they might be in Ibiza, where are they? Passport check. Where have they last gone? Passport's been scanned leaving there. Passport scanned in Peru. What the hell are they doing in Peru? Yeah. yeah. And then they're under surveillance. It's easy. Either that or just the fact that two girls their age were going on these two. Like, I, I don't know Peru, right? But I don't think that's a popular spot for two girls to the UK. Very random. To. Yeah. Very random. Especially as, as like that as well. She said that she lost it in the coach and was like, I'm not taking these fucking drugs or something like uh-huh. that. And she actually she was shouting, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Not subtle. Like, guaranteed one person heard what she said. Yeah. One person would have spoken English. Uh Uh-huh, who potentially could have went to the police and said, give me 
however much money and I'll tell you a like, drug mm-hmm. deal yeah. that's going down tomorrow. I, it is interesting because they're never going to burst and tell you exactly the reason why they were caught. But it, it was definitely not because of the sniffer dogs. No. I don't think it was. I didn't say it was, though, did she? It was because no. she just said somebody put her hand on her shoulder. Yeah. And that was it. She's I think been under she surveillance. Looked, I think she would have just looked like an absolute, like... Terrified. I, I think she would have looked terrified. She would have probably been sweating and shaking. And yeah. You can't cover that up. Plus, the um, documentary also said that they have undercover, which I actually didn't know, by the way, that there's undercover officers in airports. And on most flights. Yeah, we know there's a flight marshal, Kevin Hart. But that's not all the time, though, is it? I know. I don't think they have it on all flights. A oh, flight I think marshal. They would probably need to. I'm certain that there is. Really? Yeah. Well, you imagine there's a large hovercraft uh-huh. with all these people and absolutely no law enforcement. That's true. I don't think they have the money to send somebody on every flight. No, I do. I think it'll come with. I don't think it'll be on all domestic flights, but certainly international. I'm yeah, certain maybe like one America and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. Um, what about right? So, do you think that she should be allowed to have a book and write a book and make make a living out of what well, happened? She's not going to go and start walk, like working in Asda. She could one hundred percent. She's I got think... a criminal record. Do you think she's employable? Well, for people, Melissa's working. I know, but she's went she's went under kind of I don't know the radar, hasn't she? Yeah, but then Michaela could have done that as well. I think she should. Right, I said it in the it's last a story episode. To tell. We did. It's a lesson to yeah. learn. She oh, can definitely. tell people don't do this. Like she should. Do you know where she should be? She should be working in schools. Oh, definitely. Oh my God, yeah. That's where she should be. She should be speaking to the people that are she probably is. vulnerable and at that stage of life where you're starting to think about yeah. taking drugs and stuff like that she should be in there just saying it like it is this this is what happened to me like she's an example at me. isn't she yeah it's such a it's it's a good way to do it because she's she can literally relate to them on the level of i went to ibiza and i took loads of yeah. drugs instantly get their trust by telling them something really bad that she did yeah and then say this is how bad it went and scare them with the stories about the jail and that she's lucky she managed to come out unscathed uh-huh. mm-hmm. I definitely think people should be able to sell books and tell their story. Like, it's interesting. It is interesting. So Banged Up Abroad, that was like my favourite programme. Yeah. They need to make more of them. Why is it okay <laughs> that we can make books and, and make podcasts and make Netflix series talking about murderers and other people are profiting from murderers but somebody mm-hmm. can't make a, a book talking about their experience making stupid mistakes when they were younger that yeah. cost them I'm going to time in their book. life? I'm definitely going Me to read too. Yeah. I hope she does a, an audio version Yeah, so we can hear and that accent accent. some more. <laughs> I remember I read one from a guy, um, Sean, Sean, on the tip of my tongue, can't remember his name, but he did one, a, a book about how he got caught dealing drugs in Arizona and it was like the Arizona jail. Oh my God, it is the most horrific thing ever when you hear the details of what the jails are like. Horrific, like literally oh terrifying. God. Just rats everywhere. I love this kind of stuff, but honestly, right, so did I, but see in my later 20s, See anything like that, it literally gives me a pure knot in my stomach and I feel like yeah. it's actually happening to me. And then I start crying. Like, what were we watching the other day? And then Fraser was like that to me, I go, football. When they lo- when they went to score that goal and they lost it, England lost it, I started crying because I was like, poor is it no, I can't remember the boy's name. Saka. Saka. I was like, poor Saka. That's oh, a shame. That was that could be my son. I, I do this thing and then I'm like, a pure related to my own life and then I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have that, right, I honestly feel like a few years ago, maybe not a few years ago because I did, I always sympathised with them, but I do think 
part of me, it is like the mother in me that goes, oh, I just feel sorry for her. She just made a mistake. Yeah, but I then feel sorry for her. But I hate myself for it in a way because I can see when people are like, no, I don't feel sorry for her. She's like, she's no, she's done the crime. She needs to do the time or whatever. But did you feel the same way that you do now as what you did when you first heard about it? Yeah, anyway, I've always felt sorry for them. I don't know why. Just always from when the story broke. I actually remember putting a Facebook post on saying there's more to this. This There must be more to this. Like, so, oh. right, okay, and I take that. But obviously they got caught and what the journalist had said was people lost their trust in them when it came out that they lied. Like their full story was a lie and obviously you're going to try and lie and cover yourself. But because they did lie so much and they continuously did it, people lost trust in them and then the the total feeling towards them did change because people were like, oh no, wait a minute here. Like, I remember that. You've spun it one way, now you're spinning it another way. Like, who knows Who knows what to believe? I remember that. I remember everyone going, that's a shame. They've obviously been pure made to do that and they've been probably held at gunpoint well, and all did. that. They said they were kidnapped. Said. They were kidnapped and all that and everyone was like, that's dreadful. And then all of a sudden they heard that like, it was just that they were coerced into doing it rather than actually being like brutally you know put at gunpoint yeah i don't know i remember that feeling mm-hmm. and everyone going right okay well that's that's not right but as time moves on i look at it and go see i know they were only 20 right or they, they were 20 they weren't quite like fresh out of school right but it just shows their immaturity i think that the first thing they want to do was lie rather than going right i just need to but you would quick. would you not but see if I you're think- absolutely panicking they came up with that when like, I think that just shows how young they are. Yeah. And that's actually more of a... I feel more sad thinking they thought... It's like when you catch your kids out and the first thing they want to do is tell you a white lie. Yeah. And then you go, no, actually, I can tell you're lying yeah. to me. It's a pure juvenile thing to do. Whereas most people, as adults, probably just hold their hands up and go, this is exactly what happened. I'm just going to be straight up and honest from the beginning because then I can't be... My conscience is clear. Whereas yeah. when you're younger, you are more likely to just tell lies. I think that they... They did tell the truth, but they just twisted. You know, I was taken to this apartment. Mm-hmm. I was taken by force to this apartment. You know, it's adding a few words in and it changes the full narrative of the story mm-hmm. that makes them seem more vulnerable innocent. and innocent than probably what they were. Because they did know what was happening. I'm not saying for a f- I'm not saying that they were able to get out of it at any point. You know, we'll, we'll never, and that's the whole thing, we'll never know. There's always three sides to the story, isn't there? But lying about it I think definitely changed a lot of people's perspective on the the, the full the full happening of did it did you not yeah. did you notice about where she said and I think again this just totally shows how naive she was and how much she pure underestimated the whole thing where she said I, I was hoping I was still hoping that at this point this once she'd been caught and all that <laughs> I was still hoping that they would let me go Give me a large fine, I uh-huh. think she'd say. A large fine. A large fine. And that would be it. I think you would be in denial though. Oh yeah, you would be praying to God that, that you, must you were be she'd be going, enough. there's no way I'm going to jail. Like no way. There's no way I'm going to jail. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's as if like she just denial. totally didn't didn't realise what she was doing, like how massive that was. See like that, I can only imagine like trying to put myself in her position, right? That must have felt like she'd just been told somebody died. Uh-huh. See, that kind of feeling, that heartache feeling that she would have had of like, my There's whole no life back. is literally yeah. going to change. I've got no freedom now. This is it. Like, that's me now. And I need, now I need to fight my corner. Even then, would she have known she had options to fight her corner? Because, like, unlike the other party, she didn't have a family with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So she'd have been relying on, like, legal aid, really, to get. Was that not no, the case? No, they ended up raising money. No, money. They, and that's, oh, that's, that's yeah. So they 
there was a fundraising page and that's how they ended up getting her first lawyer flown over, wasn't mm-hmm. it, with her brother. And then when the story then broke that they had lied, that's when people really turned against because they had given money thinking that they were helping this girl that had been, you know, kidnapped and held against her will and everything like that to turn out that actually she'd done it willingly. I just feel like, even with a lie, I just feel like they made that story up when the suitcases were literally getting emptied in front of them and it's like a split second, right, let's just say this. Yeah. And then they said it and then again, it's that whole situation of at what point do we say that this is a lie? Maybe this will work. But even the translator said, she was saying, we hear this story every day, Uh we don't buy it, We, we know that... People don't just put drugs in your suitcase and expect you They've to got, walk they can find on. I know, people. like that doesn't happen, does it really? No. And then you're chasing that person, hoping you can try and catch their yeah, suitcase for they do. Yeah, take my suitcase on. And By the way, that actually happened to me once, and it's I always I thought you not the drug thing. Before. Sorry, not the drug thing. <laughs> but just when you said that, right? I remember having like this really. It was my mum's suitcase, and it was so distinctive, right? It was covered in like bright pink butterflies. It was so oh, distinctive. Wow. And I was going to hold it with Andy and his mum and dad. And we landed in the airport. I was like, there's my suitcase. I can't miss it. Took it. And then we were just leaving, right? And just as we were leaving, I walked past a woman who was sitting with the exact same suitcase. And I just looked at it and I went, can I just check that? And I went and looked and it was my suitcase. And I had oh my hers. God. And we were literally just about to go on our way. Oh, like, and so they just laughed. At the start of the holiday, I would have had all this woman's stuff and she would have had mine. It would have ruined the whole holiday. And I was they like, must just see some really funny things in suitcases eh, in holiday. Oh my god, yeah. Like some really like weird. Working at an airport would actually be so interesting because you'd have that aspect, like the yeah. funny aspect, but also like the really stressful, stressful. But so also, you know, like that's the... a whole company lost baggage. Really? Yeah, because you can buy them, can't you? There's a thingy I watched a video on YouTube, and it was a YouTuber who went to this place. It's in America somewhere. I want to say it's in Texas and there's a massive, big, huge depot and they take all of the lost baggage. Don't know if it's just from the US, right? But they take all the lost baggage. They rake through all of this. It's called unclaimed baggage. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what it's called, the the company. And they'll rake through all this stuff that's literally left where no one's tried to claim it at Mm -hmm. all for like six months, right? And they'll always try and go on Facebook and be like, we've had this bag sent into us. And it's got this on it so that they can try and reunite it with their owner. But see, when no one comes forward for it, mm-hmm. they yeah. then just rake through it and go, what's actually worth anything? And they have a shop and they resell all these people's belongings. Some of it goes to charity and then obviously the rest of it pays the, the workers in there. Um, and I think like that, they find some pure steals. Wedding dresses and all that. Yeah. A whole section of wedding dresses that have went missing and just never reunited oh with their owners. God, you but would cry. they've had people actually like in the shop going... That's my wedding ring, and they're able to prove it and be like, "That's my wedding." Show pictures and all and that. And then they get it back. And then they get it back with obviously no it's cost. Like, have you never seen that one where they do it with the garages? And it's like garage. It's story hunters. Yeah, story hunters. They don't know what they're buying. Like yeah. they literally just show them it, and then they pull the thing down, like right, bid. How do they do that? See, when we were unwell in Florida, we watched story hunters just constantly. I like that. And it was the guy in the background going, "Yep," you know what I'm talking about. Because yep. we catchphrase infuriating. Anyway, at least we're ending this on a, a lighter tone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really interesting documentary and I'm going to get the book and get the full story. We've not discussed anything about the beauty salon or anything like that. What oh beauty God, salon? I, well, I feel like we need to Hers. get the full detail of that. The fact they actually had beauty salons in jail. Yeah, so they were. it was a place to work because they all had a... That's like oranges and new black. It's true. They had a beauty salon. 
but jails do have workplaces and what the translator said about this workplace was that it's not like a UK prison prisoners have money on them they're allowed to work they're allowed to create businesses in there and that's obviously how she that's how she put her next step forward because then she she went and she learned Spanish Mm -hmm. because the translator said to her take this as a learning curve and do something positive with the time that you are in here and she learned Spanish she walked about with her dictionary all the time and she started in the beauty salon and before she knew it she'd built up clients and she was earning money as though she was outside. So in that respect, I think she is absolutely incredible. Yeah, she definitely made the best yeah. in that situation. And she she applied to be like, I don't know the, what the word was. No, but they, like... they, they, they put her forward for that. So in each block, not room, but like each wing, is that it? more actually a wing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like almost like a head inmate who... Mm-hmm overseen things and like made things better and they put her forward for that she was up against a Mexican woman who had been in there for 10 years and she won and she did things like she made them have a dance class every week for an hour to get people moving and you think see for women that are probably in there for the same things that she is lonely missing a family that must have been such a nice yeah like moment get together like you know what music's like it brings everybody together yeah she got them a microwave like she was so hands-on like she just has held her hands up and go right okay i'm in here but i'm going to do the best of the time that i've got here and she did incredible things yeah and then she kind of managed to orchestrate herself getting out as well yeah so she paid so obviously you get a court date when you're in court but she managed to actually pay to have that court date brought forward almost usual, isn't it? Money gets you yeah, money gets you anywhere. But yeah, she was She did do really well out the end of it. At that that's where I go I don't I can't say that I feel sorry for her in the respect that I, I think you do get yourself into these messes. But I think she really redeemed herself by what she's done in the long run and how she's come about it and she has held her hands up and said you know I'm responsible for this and I've done it this is what I've learned this is how I've managed to get myself out and she's like a mum she's get I think she would change it like I know obviously she wouldn't like to be doing that again but I think from what you could hear she wouldn't be the same person now no definitely not she hadn't been through all that definitely not I think I think that you know not a nice thing to go through shit time but yeah she's made the most of it yeah i think she's done incredible the guys that do this kind of stuff will just be waiting for the next one yeah and they'll still be living out in their big villas and everything like that not giving not giving a shit that's crazy not fair at all but we'll put a wee poll on and see what everyone else thinks because i think everyone's got different opinions oh totally different um but yeah i hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll see you in the next episode Bye. bye that's the end of another episode thanks very much for listening make sure you're following us on instagram at the good motherhood podcast if you're listening on apple do leave us a review i hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time see you later bye Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts.